Super cute, huh? Oh, that is known as the marshmallow test. Now, I'm using this as an intro to the book of Daniel. Uh, And so I want to begin with this question. What do you know about the book of Daniel? Except for Josh, because Josh and I were talking the other night about it. Anything with the book of Daniel, the prophet Daniel. The lion's den and the furnace. Very good. So there is a lot going on. A lot of people are accustomed to knowing about the fiery furnace, the famous fiery furnace. Daniel comes into the furnace. There's a man that's there protecting him, going to the mouth of the lion's den, and the Lord, the angel of the Lord, holds back the mouth of the lion. I mean, really beautiful, awesome, powerful stuff. Uh, but what's uh, usually forgotten is that before Daniel got to that place, uh, there was a little bit of an education that Daniel went through. Uh, let's read uh, Daniel 1, verses 1 through 4. What we have here is in the third year of the reign of Jeho- Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. The Lord gave Joachim, king of Judah, into his hand with some of the articles of the house of God, which he carried into the land of Shinar, to the house of his God. And he brought the articles into the treasure house of his God. Then the king instructed Ashpenaz, the master of his eunuchs, to bring some of the children of Israel and some of the king's descendants and also some of the nobles, whom young men in whom there was no blemish but good-looking, gifted in all wisdom, possessing knowledge, and quick to understand who had the ability to serve in the king's palace and whom they might teach the language and literature of the Chaldeans or the Babylonians. So what happens here is Daniel is 16 years of age. The Babylonians go into Jerusalem. They, they siege the city. They actually even go into the temple of the Lord and they take articles of God out of the temple. And they, and they bring some, not all, some of the young men and young women to Babylon, Right? And the clause here is, who do we want to come to Babylon so we can teach them our ways? Young men that are good-looking, that have wisdom, and and they're bright guys. But also, they must be of the seed of the king, line. They must be noblemen. Now, why are they doing it? They're bringing them to Babylon for a reason. But what I want to begin here... Before Daniel can do and have the faith that he has to walk into the heart of the lion's den and to walk into the fiery furnace, he had to go through a process of education, a process of learning. We usually undermine that process and we want, right, the cake and to eat it too, right? We want it all now. We usually don't like the process of things. But I'm telling you throughout the Bible, as you guys know, and with the book of Daniel, going through a process allows you to learn things so that you are better ready to handle bigger things later. And it may be as simple as, well, a marshmallow test. So this test, uh, they just redid it, and hence that's why we have more modern video. But the test occurred in 1972. Stanford University took a look at all of this, uh, and what they wanted to see is what would this type of delayed gratification mean in the long term? A child at the age of four or five, if they have the self-control and the ability to withstand the temptations of a marshmallow for two minutes, knowing that something later would be even better, what would that say long-term? 
So over 40 years, they went back and they looked at these kids' lives. And if we can go to the next slide, please. Really interesting things. Oh, I'm sorry. I think it should be one uh, after that. We saw that after 40 years, the children that were able to resist the temptation and understand that in the long run, there would be something better for them. Uh, they learned that principle at a young age. They understood that principle at a young age. Maybe it was their parents instructing them. Maybe it was their own self-will. I don't know what it may have been. But what happens here is in the long term, after 40 years, what we see here is um, those children as adults will have a lower uh, BMI, meaning lower body mass index. So they are more physically fit. Higher SAT scores. Lower stress. Better social skills, higher salary, and in generally, overall, they're in a better uh, place of well-being, the study said. Now, this is just, just a little marshmallow. Now, the science is saying it was too small of a study to really determine if this is really like directly correlated. But it says something. As a child, right, we learn things. We go through a, tra a, tra a training, if you will, an education. And in the long term, what happens here is we can learn from those things to enter into new places and new things. Daniel is an example of this. As a boy, he is learning things that will prepare him for later on in life. Correct? Now, what happens here is now if we can go, I believe, to the next slide, Sharon. Many of us get all holy, get all spiritual, get all sincere with the Lord when the storms of life come. The problem here is if you start trying to build your spiritual house of faith, when the storm is upon you, like the hurricane that just came through in Florida, like, oh, I guess we probably now should put the hurricane straps on the two by fours, so the four by sixes in the, in the house. Too late, man. The way it works here is the storms of life, I am telling you, as a believer and even not as a believer, the storms of life, trials, tribulations, difficulties, all of it will come. I've nev never met a person that went through life and never had a difficulty. It's like, I've never met anyone like that. Like, it's had this perfect life where they've never had any problems at all. Trials come, storms come, difficulties come, but... I know you can't quite read it right there, but before the storm arrives, that's when the house must be built. Uh, this is a picture taken from the 2008 hurricane uh, down in Texas, uh, uh, out in Galveston, Texas. Uh, a hurricane came and only one house stood. Every single house in that strip, blowing away. But one house remained. Because they took the serious, seriously, the climate, the weather, the geography where they are, we're like, we are going to really build this house to be able to withstand it. But spiritually, I know in my uh, life, a lot of times like, what will happen is when the things of life come at you, when the difficulties come, when the challenges come, when you really need the Lord, that's when you start getting serious about prayer. That's when you get serious about worship of the Lord. That's good, but... I don't want to say it's too late, because it's never too late. But how much better would it have been if you were building that house of faith and of worship and with intimacy with the Lord, that when those things came, they just yep. slid right off you. Now, this is Daniel. 
Now, there's not much that you see here, but there is so much. First thing first, Daniel is going to Babylon, and there's an education that is trying to take place. But notice, it says here, King Nebuchadnezzar wants those, only those that are the seed of the king, meaning they are princes. They're sons of the king. And what does Babylon want to do? What does the spirit of Babylon want to do? Train them in the way of the Chaldeans. Train them in our ways. You and I are sons and daughters of the king. We are nobility, just like Daniel was in the physical. And I'm telling you, just like the Babylonian king purposed in his heart to come after the seeds of princes, to corrupt them and to disturb them so that they could not be leaders in Israel. I'm telling you, the spirit of the age of the world wants to do that to you as well. Does that make sense? Yeah, right? It happens. And you accept Jesus, you got a target on your back. But what's so cool is you get to walk in the spirit where that doesn't matter if you got the target or not, right? So what happens here is, I mean, this is pretty, we're, we're pretty, oh, probably familiar with a lot of this. 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 2 says, Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us. We do not have the spirit of Babylon. That is what Daniel was saying. We have the spirit that is from God. Now what's going on here is, if you take a look at the spirit of the world, the things of the empire, the things of Babylon, the things of you know, the world and the age of the world, that's the spirit of, 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 of fear. That's the spirit of anxiety. That's the spirit of force and coercion and manipulation. It really comes out of uh, uh, that, that you really don't know what your identity is or what you, what you already have in the Lord. But that spirit tries to educate us, tries to come at us and tell us that this is the way that life is supposed to be. The spirit of God says something very different. You don't have the depression, you don't have the anxiety, you don't have the fear, you don't have the worry, you don't have the striving. You don't have like, I, I need to be better, I need to prove who I am by what I do or how much money I have or that my opinion is right or my political opinion is right. The Spirit of God says, no, you walk in peace, love, joy, long-suffering, patience. You use your power of love to serve other people. You know who you are as a son or daughter of God. And this is what's going on with Daniel. He spent 16 years in the land that is holy. Jerusalem. And when he was there, he was in the temple of God. And when he was there, he knew of God's beauty and awesomeness. And then he is taken to Babylon. But he had 16 years of being in the land which is holy in the promises of God. And he never forgot that. We know that because we have all this testimony in the, even in the book of Psalms. Psalms 137 verse 1 it says, By the rivers of Babylon we sat down and we wept and we remembered Zion. When the captives are taken into the place of the empire of Babylon, they sat by the waters and they meditated and they thought about their days in Jerusalem and their days in Zion. And I believe Daniel was one of those types of guys. I remember, Lord, the 16 years of my life in your holy land. Underneath a righteous king. But now we've been taking it. But there's been an education that takes place. 
The reality is for us, you will either be educated by the spirit of the world or by the spirit of God. There's no in between. There's no rubbing of gray, really. There is one, well, one or the other. You will either be educated by the way that the world sees things or the way that God sees things. And what we need today is to be educated in the school of the Holy Spirit. The world tells us too much. And so the power of Daniel lies largely in his education. Let me go to the uh, next slide, please. Education is dangerous. It is enough if the people can count from 1 to 100 and read simple directions. Every educated person is a true enemy. Jonathan? Adolf Hitler, 1939. He is. I used that in high school. Education is dangerous. What do you mean it's dangerous? It's dangerous towards certain people. Hitler, when he was trying to take over uh, Germany and build an empire, the first people that he went after were educated people. He, 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 Hitler did not want people to be educated. I'm telling you, Satan does not want you to be educated in the Holy Spirit. He wants to be educated in the things of the world, but he does not want you to be educated in the things of the Spirit. Satan is like, yeah, it's okay. If you can count from 1 to 100, it's okay if you know John 3.16, you called upon the name of the Lord, that's okay. It's okay if you know a couple Psalms and you kind of know the word a little bit. I'm okay with that. But if you're really educated in the renewing of your mind and your identity in the King of Kings, now you're a dangerous force to be reckoned with to the spirit of the age. Now notice, Hitler is like, hey, I want people just to be able to read to 100. I want people to be able to read simple directions. I don't want them to be completely idiotic because we need them to obey simple tasks. And I'm telling you in the spirit, there's a lot of people that are like this. We have enough spiritual education just to kind of get through. But not to question the, not, not to question the hard issues and policies of the spirit of the age. You know, it's okay if we just go through our life and just read our Bible and come to church on Sunday. But, you know, you know, people do get sick and people do die at young age. And that's just the way it should be. Or I'm okay with, you know, just going through my life and, and just receiving the negative things of the world. It's, it's just a trial and tribulation that you have to go through. Like, that could be a type of thinking opposed to the thinking of heaven that says, no, the Lord said that he came to heal my diseases. The Lord came to give me life abundantly. So it could be enough for us to squeak by with just, just an understanding of like only some of the things of God are, are pertinent for now. What I'm saying here is the forces of the, of the world, they do not want us to be powerful people. And power comes when we get educated in the Holy Ghost. When we really know our calling, when we really know what we are entitled to, what we really know what it's like to dwell in the land that is holy, Zion. Uh, let me go to the next slide. Uh, another one that I uh, use in my classroom is cogito ergo sum, which is just uh, a Latin phrase. I believe Alan knew this one. Yeah, you go to the next slide. Sorry to get like too philosophical for you guys. I'm just trying to talk about the power of education. I think therefore I am. Rene Descartes, je pense donc je suis, right? I think therefore I am. 
Uh, what we get here is this. Um, I am telling you that there will be someone who thinks for you. It could be an employer. It could be a family member. It could be Satan himself. You need to think for yourself. The way it works here is what, what Descartes is saying is, is you know, this French philosophy. He says, if you think, then therefore you exist. If you do not think for yourself, you do not exist. You're just a robot. You're just a robot if you're not educated, not in degrees at Harvard and Yale. A degree in the Holy Ghost. You can go through your entire life not being a human being. You can be a human, but a human being is a state of existence. You exist, you know, you acknowledge that you are around. I'm telling you, if you do not think for yourself, a corporation will think for you. A spirit will think for you. And so what I feel the Lord is saying to all of us is that if you just go through this life without really thinking about the things of the spirit and the things of the Lord, um, you're not really existing as a son or daughter. So we take this and we, you know, we apply this hopefully a little bit uh, to Daniel's life. He has his education that takes place the first 16 years of his life. And now the spirit of the age is trying to come up against him. We see here in Daniel uh, chapter 1 verse 8. We see the application of his education in the things of God. He's going to know some things, but now he has to do some things to continue out with that education. We see in uh, Daniel 1 verse 8. It says, but Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's delicacies nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore, he requested of the chief of the eunuchs that he may not defile himself. He's in the king's court, and they're educating him, and they're giving him like all this like fancy food. Actually, some of the food that goes up against uh, what God ordained to be eaten. And he says, I'm not going to defile myself. And he applies the education of his identity of who he is by, in fact, saying, I'm not going to defile myself. James chapter 1 verse 27 says, Pure religion is this, taking care of the orphan, taking care of the widow, and keeping yourself undefiled and unspotted from the world. Pure religion and faith is that, keeping yourself unspotted from the spirit of the world. I am telling you that the spirit of the world is trying to educate you. It's trying to educate your young. And what is appropriate? And what is right? And what to concede to, and what's okay to give into, and what it's okay to think about yourself, and what kind of thoughts you have. They're telling us what to think. And if we just do that, we have just become robots in the spirit. You need to think for yourself via the Holy Ghost and His Word so that you can, in fact, exist. God is the God of existence. I am who I am. It's the verb of existence, that's who He is. Oh, wish Ramon was here right now. Amen. Amen. Helps. Pastor Ramon is here. It helps. 
Nothing against all of us. It just helps. Oh, okay. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, man. All right, so in Daniel chapter 1, 17 18, what happens here is uh, Daniel is, is not, in order to apply his, not to be defiled, he's going to do stuff. And uh, in, in verses 17 to 18, what we see here is that he prays and he fasts, right? The famous Daniel fast of vegetables. Right? The spirit of the world has come up against him. He knows what's right, but he knows he doesn't want to defile himself. But he's like, all right, I gotta, how, do I, how do I make this happen? I got to do something. I got to get serious with the Lord. And so in his seriousness, going through these storms of life, he is choosing to pray and to fast. And what is the purpose of praying and fasting? To draw closer to the Lord. All right, I'm going to the next slide. I want you to see how some of this operates. Pretty bad uh, font there, but I'll read it to you. This is uh, what does it take to be a Navy SEAL? Uh, to become a Navy SEAL, you have a 24-week basic underwater demolition slash SEAL school that you go through. Then after those 24 weeks of Navy SEALs, you then go through a 28-week SEAL qualification training program. Only 1% of sailors who enter the training complete it, and that's not the end of the training. I think these are like the baddest dudes in the military, right? After all that training, what happens here is now you have to train for another additional 30 months for deployment. It's a lot of, this is like, the training like is serious. And in the spirit, Daniel is training through his education with the Lord through praying and fasting. Um, in fact, the hardest part when interviewing Navy SEALs, the hardest part that they say is seen in the next slide. It said what? Ninety uh, percent of training is completely mental. They said, you know, they go through this thing called Hell Week, right? All this crazy boot camp, all this kind of stuff. And when they interview, like, how bad was it physically? They're like, physical was bad. The hardest thing to to withstand in our training is the mental piece. Ninety percent of our training is mental. Uh, Romans chapter 12, verse 2 says something similar. And do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We need to renew our mind. Sorry, I'm just feeling, feeling some blockage, like preaching this. The reason why is it's, it's so important. Preaching now, I'm preaching right now going up against the spirit of the age. I'm preaching right now to go up against everything your culture has ever told you is appropriate. When you talk to someone, the second thing out of their mouth is what do you do? Not who you are. Hi, my name is David. I am a teacher. We define ourselves by what we do, not who we are. Sons and daughters of the Most High God. People who are to change the spirit of the world, to bring the kingdom of God to earth. We define ourselves by what we do and not who we are. And this is very, very difficult to come up against in Western culture. It's very difficult. 
Because many of us are, are, are walking in the education of the world, which says, go to school, make money, buy a nice big house, and if you have a bigger house than the person next door to you, then you're better than them and you're of value. Spirit of the Lord says in 1 Peter, you are a peculiar people, a chosen people, a, a, a holy priesthood who's just passing through. Paul says, I beg of you. I beg of you not to be walking the ways of the world. I beg you. Right? We have to come up against the education of the world and the spirit of the age. It says you are this because you have this much money in your bank account. We need to renew our mind to believe and understand and know that I will never lack anything because he provides. I'm not going to be brought down with diseases and, and all this kind of stuff because the Lord heals me and he, 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 he's going to do it. I'm not going to just go through my life sitting in my rocking chair and looking back at my life and seeing regrets. I'm here to bring the kingdom of God to earth. Renewing the mind. If we go to the next slide. Renewing the mind. How do you know who you are? The spirit of the age wants you to be a robot that works 40, 50, 60 hours a week and with that money buy things. And if you're tired to sit down and watch TV where the commercials tell you to. And actually the commercials, the whole notion of advertisements are when you're watching those commercials, what they try to do is forgive my French, but all they try to do is say you suck. If you buy this deodorant, you will be better. If you buy this shampoo, your hair will be more beautiful and your husband will like you more. The whole purpose of advertisement is to devalue you so you will spend your entire life with credit cards to buy more stuff to give yourself value. Who do you think you are? Many of you are people who think that you just got saved by the skin of your teeth. And if you do that, you have entered into the spirit of Babylon. You have entered into the education of the world that says, it's fine if you're saved. Satan doesn't care if I'm going into the, into the kingdom or not. He's like, ah, oh, this guy's saved, this guy Dave, whatever, cool. But I don't want to keep him to be radical to spread that fire. And if we're caught up in the spirit of the world, you're not going to have time to be thinking about the things of the Spirit of God. Who do you think you are? Someone who's a believer or just kind of got saved and they know oh, it's cool, whatever. Or someone that knows that you're a peculiar people, that you are a chosen priesthood, as it says in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. That your mind needs to be renewed, that you have every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus, as it says in Ephesians 1. They have life, life abundantly. What type of believer do you think you are? This is a very important, very important question and answer. Many of us think we're just like this regular kind of just Christian thing. So, another kind of point here with Daniel is it's very, very interesting because, you know, we get all pumped up with the fiery furnace and everything. 
Many of us, well not many of us, I imagine all of us here, we, we trust the Lord with our eternal salvation. Like we trust the Lord with eternal salvation, which like the lost and the atheists are like, you guys are crazy. Like we trust him with all that. But many of us don't trust him for other things that don't seem to be as big or, or as intense. Like the most intense thing is that I am saved from God's wrath and I get to live forevermore in eternity. That is huge. So we have faith for that. But do you have faith for finances? Do you have faith for the redemption of your family? Do you have faith for healing? So we believe God for eternal salvation, which we cannot see yet. But you cannot believe God to bring some more money into your bank account so you can pay the bill. What kind of mind do you have? A kingdom mindset. It's not just life eternal, but it's also what you have access to now. And you need to get that identity right. That you were saved, not just for eternal salvation, that you were saved to be a son and daughter of the Most High God on planet Earth. So, the fiery furnace, right? We all love it. You can actually... Uh, Put on that song low. At this point, I usually invite the worship team. Ah, just do the video. Just do the video. Or not the video, it's, a, it's an audio, so. If you just make it a little lower so I'm not competing with it, just like. A little lower. Mary, maybe you can help them out with the monitors. Because that's going to be too loud. It's a good song, though. I wanted to give the worship team a little time to just, like, step into this, you know? Um, so I was like, we're just going to play this song on, on a little bit of a loop. If they can kill it in the monitors. If not, we'll just save it for later. Cool, perfect. So Daniel... After all this education, right? He's learning. He's fasting. He's praying. You know, a lot of us want to be pastors. A lot of us want to be ministers. A lot of us want to be worship leaders, and you don't pick up a guitar, right? Look, I mean, I'm not trying to be like all haughty and egotistical, but, you know, at 16, 17, 18, 19, when my friends are out partying, I'm in my room with three chords singing out to the Lord. Instead of watching TV, we're, I'm praying, now, I like TV and I like movies, but what I'm saying here is your education takes, it takes something, right? You could be doing what other people are doing, or you could be doing the things of the Lord. It comes with a cost of some sort to move into the things that the Lord has, has given unto you. It doesn't mean that you don't have a joyful life, it's just you get your priorities right. And Daniel is getting his priorities right. Take a look at uh, Daniel uh, chapter 316 would be the reference. But what we have here is he, he you're not, uh, the king is saying that you're, you're not allowed to, you're not allowed to worship any God except for him in the statue of more or less in his likeness, right? We know this story and you have to bow down every time you hear the music plays and Daniel doesn't do it. He says, I'm not bowing down. I, I, I am worshiping the one true God. And what's so cool here is he, he says to the king, when he's being brought into the fire, he says, we don't have to defend ourselves. We don't have to defend ourselves against your accusations. We know that God is going to take us through the fire. 
And even if he doesn't, God is still the one true Lord. And we know the story, verse 25. What happens here is as they go into the fiery furnace, there's a fourth man. And the king looks in and says, one of those men, the fourth man, looks as if he is the son of God. Now we all excited about that. But I have a conviction. I don't know if the Son of God would show up in the fiery furnace like he did if Daniel was not getting his life serious up until that point. Now God's mercy is forever, right? He, he, he's gracious unto you, but Daniel was ready to inhabit the presence of the Lord in that furnace. He goes to the lion's den. Another king comes in. He goes to the lion's den underneath the same circumstances. And he knows the Lord is going to be faithful again. And what's so amazing here is that when this happens, in both the fire furnace and with the lion's den, the kings are moved. Daniel chapter 3, to finish up. Daniel chapter 3, 27. It says, The administrators, governors, and their kings, counselors gathered together, and they saw these men on whose bodies the fire had no power. The hair of their head was not singed, nor were their garments affected, and the smell of fire was not on them. The storms of life come. The fires come. But the promises of the Lord and the true education in the Holy Ghost is that when we go through those fires and we come out of those fires, we don't even smell like smoke. When you're going through a fire at work, when your your boss doesn't like you and he's talking trash about you and you come out of that fire, there's no modern day spiritual smell on you. What are the smells? The smells are bitterness and rage and gossip and hate and evil. We go through the fires of life. They're real, but we have the power through the Holy Ghost and through an education to walk out of it and not even look like the fire or be affected by that fire. That was the astonishment. It wasn't that they were just saved from the fire. It's like... There's a man that shows up who is the son of God and these people don't even smell nor even look as if they were touched by the fires of life. That's the type of peace, that's the type of love that we get to walk at it. The renewal of the mind. Daniel chapter 6 verse 25 it says that after the lion's den a new king, King Darius is so shocked by what he just saw that he makes a decree to all the peoples, nations and languages that dwell in all of the earth peace be multiplied to I make a decree that in every dominion of my kingdom men must tremble and fear before the God of Daniel For he is the living God and steadfast forever. His kingdom is the one which shall not be destroyed and his dominion shall endure to the end. He delivers and rescues and his work signs and wonders in heaven and on earth. The God who has delivered Daniel from the power of the light. This is a prayer not of Daniel. This is a prayer of a heathen Gentile king. 
that sees the fruit of those people who go through the fire unscathed, who've been walking in the education of the Holy Ghost. And he's touched forevermore. That I build our house on the rock that is on high, on the rock that is God. If you build your sand, Matthew chapter 7, on faulty, shifting sand, your house will there not be. This song has just been wrecking me all week. It's called The New Horizon or The Way. I believe you are the way, the truth, the life. I believe through every battle, through every heartbreak, through every circumstance, that you are my fortress, and you are my portion, and you are my hiding place. I believe through every battle, through every heartbreak, through every circumstance, that you are my fortress, my portion, my hiding place. Because it's a new horizon, a new day, and I'm set on you. And you meet me here today with mercies that are new. All my fears, all my doubts, they can all come too because they can't stay long when I'm here with you. The renewal of the mind. It's time to get an education in the Holy Ghost. Time to adopt how the Lord views you and how He loves you. It's time to say to the spirit of the age, I'm of a different school, I'm of a different land, I'm of a different planet, I'm of a different citizenship. Because a new day has come. A new day has come. I've been justified by him. I've been made born anew. A new day has come. So I wanted the worship team to be able to step into that. So if you could turn up the volume of the worship song. We're going to close out service. I encourage you though to listen to these words a little bit. And take on the renewing of your mind. That you're not just a robot. You're a force to be reckoned with. And if you want prayer for that, you come on down, we'll pray for you. Have a wonderful week and we'll see you downstairs.